Welcome to the new normal with Lucas Rosenfield. So Gareth Cliff unleashed his latest batch of wisdom upon us on the weekend. So he wrote an open letter to uh, President Ramaphosa. So let's just read some of that and then we can discuss it. So here goes. Dear President Ramaphosa, I'm going to keep this brief because I know you're dealing with a lot. We've all been ready to support you and your administration and your efforts to save lives from this pandemic. Even people like me, who have questioned the idea of a lockdown as the best response, have decided to comply and do whatever we could to help. We set aside our concerns over the heavy-handedness of the police and army. We swallowed and accepted that poor people in informal housing would be crammed into their one-room dwellings for a month. We limited our trips to the shops and even accepted not being able to buy hot food for whatever inexplicable reason. When you couldn't put your mask on, we laughed and we were charmed to see that you were able to laugh at yourself too. For a time, you won everyone over again. You yourself have said that it has taken much for people to give up their liberties, their right to be with family and friends, and the ability to move freely around. Our patience and emotional state of affairs are on a knife edge. We are losing hope. Governments walk a fine line in times like these, where the regulations not only have to make sense, but also have to have a significant buy-in from the public. Otherwise, people will break them in big ways and small. South Africans are mostly compliant, but when you com- when you promise something and then break that promise, it makes us feel like we should break your regulations in return. Many of us aren't afraid of the virus anymore. It's our health and we'll take our chances, thank you. We are afraid of the havoc your lockdown is wrecking on the economy, on people's lives and livelihoods. I see fewer and fewer explanations from ministers and more and more capricious, some would say spiteful, regulation. I'm not a smoker. I don't like cigarettes at all. But when Minister Glamini Zuma announced that she was, after a consultation none of us believe happened, going to keep the ban on tobacco products in place, many of us, even the non-smokers, were ready to give her the middle finger and start risking breaking the rules. There are more of us than there are police officers and soldiers, so if you piss enough people off, things get very hairy. I'm sure those advisors in the security cluster have mentioned that they can't shoot us all or put us all in jail. Your government, sir, have not covered themselves in glory over the past over the last 10 years. Some people in this country already have a taste of anarchy where municipalities are bankrupt and there's no service delivery. They see no evidence that the ANC will fix parastatals, cronyism, kleptocracy, and for once and for all cease their childish flirtation with outdated and failed socialist ideas. Your hold on power depends on people willing to comply with the rules, the same rules that they expect you to comply with. Our patience grows thin, and in tandem your tax collection runs dry. When you speak of a social compact, it goes both ways. You have to take your boot off our throats. When Moses told Pharaoh to let his people go, Pharaoh didn't listen, and there were plagues. We all know how that story went for Pharaoh. You have to start letting our people go, Mr. President, or this plague will be the least of our worries. Even Moses could tell you that. Yours, Gareth. So there's quite a lot here. So... I think we can unpack it piece by piece. So I love how he says that he 
even accepted not being able to buy hot food as if like that's the sacrifice that most people are making and it's it's so difficult to not buy like a, a pie or or cook chicken for a month or whatever i mean come on dude like if that's like one of your major concerns here, I, I think that's a bit of a problem. So like he mentions that like it's obviously difficult for people in informal housing to, uh, you know, be in lockdown and self-isolate. And and yeah, that that's true. It is difficult. Um, but you're not really talking about like them struggling to afford food. You're talking about how you can't even like go to the shops and buy uh, hot food and how that's like very difficult for you to do. Um, so look, I think that's one of the first things here. Um, but the the main thing here is when he talks about many of us aren't afraid of the virus. Who exactly are you talking about, Gareth? Because I know plenty of people who are very afraid of the virus. Maybe you could speak to the over 200,000 uh, people's families, those 200,000 people who have died. Speak to their families, see if they're afraid of the virus. Speak to uh, all the people in this country who are uh, elderly and have comorbidities or who are young and have comorbidities. Speak to those people. So this is what I don't like is when um, people like him, who is in like a very privileged position where he can stay home. And I mean, I don't think his livelihood is being that affected by it, considering he is like a podcast or whatever. So, you know, he he can still do his thing. Um but the issue is when he speaks on behalf of what other people and tries to tell other people what they're thinking. So he needs to understand that maybe he doesn't uh, uh, care about the virus. Maybe he is not f afraid of it. Um, maybe he's willing to take uh, his health into his own hands. But there are many people who aren't. And we have to also understand is that during a pandemic and a public health crisis, all of our health is interconnected because, look, we in this country, we have a pretty poor health system on the whole. Uh, we have limited space in hospitals. So, look, if Gareth Cliff gets sick and needs to go to hospital, he is essentially taking that place away from someone else. Maybe someone who really was afraid of the virus but still got it because guess what? You can still follow regulations. You can still get it. Um, it's very contagious, it seems. So, look, no... He can't be speaking on behalf of everyone else and telling people how they think about the virus because I think the majority of people are actually pretty afraid of this thing. And surprise, surprise, most people just actually aren't uh, either ready to die or want to die. Um, so look, when he speaks about it's our health and we'll take our chances, no, that's not how it works. It's not your health personally. That is really the main issue here. It's how uh, all of our health is interconnected. Because, I mean, the clearest example of this is that you being in hospital takes up uh, the bed of another person, especially during a pandemic like this, where we see hospitals all around the world filling up. And I think he maybe doesn't think about that sort of thing uh, and how all of our health, healths are health, all of our health is interconnected. Um, when he's making these sort of idiotic comments. And and then he goes on um, to say that there are more of us than there are police officers and, sh and, sh and soldiers. So I don't know if he's just outright encouraging people to like rise up against the government and like full on sort of revolution. I mean, <laughs> I think that's a bit extreme. 
And I think it's ridiculous to compare uh, a one or two month lockdown where, sure, you have to make sacrifices in terms of your civil lib- civil liberties. And that's not that's not nice, right? I mean, I'm on the f- I'm on I'm of the firm belief that your civil liberties are very important. That you should be able to uh, buy what you want under any normal circumstances. But unfortunately, during a crisis, we all have to make sacrifices. And there, there, it's ridiculous to compare like a a two month lockdown where, um, even now you can go out and exercise and stuff, and you can still go to like uh, the shops if you need to, but. It's ridiculous to compare that to a, like a completely authoritarian system where, uh, you know, freedom of move- movement is strictly controlled. Like I've seen so many people comparing this uh, lockdown to like apartheid or whatever. That That is absurd. That is such a ridiculous comparison to make. And then when you see people who are saying, oh, uh, the 1st of May felt like Freedom Day because you could go exercise. You do realize apartheid was a decades-long system of institutionalized government oppression uh, by a very small minority of the citizens against the large majority of the citizens. And it's ridiculous to compare that to a one-month lockdown. And and yeah, sure, the lockdown was pretty damn strict, right? You couldn't buy uh, alcohol, you couldn't buy cigarettes, you couldn't buy clothes. um, But you could still leave your house if you wanted to go to the shops, right, to buy food. And, and people who are comparing it to apartheid and people are saying that, oh, the first day you could exercise was like the first day that the majority of our citizens could vote for the same at, for the first time is ridiculous. I mean, I don't understand. Like, like, sure, a lot of people in this country live in a bubble, but like, what kind of bubble is that, man? It, it's crazy. Uh, and look, this is what this is doing, man. It, it's showing a lot of people's true colors and the way that they think about this country and this government, and, and sure, uh, you can criticize this government a lot. I criticize this government a lot all the time. They're pretty crap on the whole. But to now go and sort of encourage like active insurrection and say, oh, there are more of us than there are of police. What? Because you couldn't buy a fucking chicken, dude. I mean, come on. This is really, it's it's a load of bullshit on the whole. Like, I mean... We can definitely get into a debate about the lockdown and about some of the, well, not about the lockdown the whole, but some of the uh, restrictions. I think the lockdown is pretty clear that seems to be the only thing that is actually working on the whole in most countries in terms of curbing the spread and spreading deaths. So I don't think there's that much of a debate about whether a lockdown uh, stops the spread. The debate is on the restrictions, and we can get into a debate on them, right? But that's different to debate something as to go out and now say, yeah, because you can't uh, buy a chicken, you can't buy cigarettes, now you should actively, like, rise up against, like, the police and the government. It's crazy, man, and uh, I think he probably needs to do a bit of self-reflection and check his privilege here, when he... Because he has a huge platform, right? And, I mean, to go out and write this, I I think it's, it's pretty poor on the whole. But, I mean, look, free speech, he can, he can fully do it. He's well within his right to, but... I really think that a lot of the stuff he's saying is is pretty bullshit.